This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Oh, and thank you guys so much for being here each and every single week. This one in particular because it is now. Uh, thanks, guys, for being here. <laughs> wow. I am Marco Flalo, excited as you can tell, fresh off some vacation. Alongside me, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Are you as excited as I am? I am, but I'm not as, you know, regenerated or, you know, rejuvenated as you are with that vacation. But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Mark, how was your vacation, by It was the a way? good time. It was a good opportunity yeah. to get the heck away. Um, recharge the batteries a little bit. Recharge the, whole the batteries, thing. scared the crap yeah. out of me to get on a plane, both directions. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we did, and it was a good time, and a good time was had by all. Lots of fun to come back and dive right into an Apple event, which is really, really cool. Which See? would, of course, be the topic of conversation of this week's show, yeah, I promise thanks. you guys. <laughs> so much stuff announced this week, even though it's a, a little March event, but we got a new iPad that kind of blows away the old iPad. We got a new Mac computer, which kind of, I mean, you kind of described it two weeks ago, didn't you? You actually described it almost to the T, I think. We will, we will, we will have that. We're gonna, we're gonna replay a clip for you guys, maybe a couple of them, but yeah, I was very excited. You know what? Uh, it started off a little bit slow. I think people were, you know, a little bit, oh, what's going on here? We're, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're, where's the good stuff? And then they just steamrolled right through into uh, a new product we've never seen Mac put out before, which is always exciting. And one of the first times I think uh, I've seen it at an Apple event where they actually teased an upcoming product in just a short they've little never done that. And they've never done that. They've shown you products. Like if they show, show this, the trash can Mac Pro. But this one was just like a little, oh, but not now. We're not going to talk one about more that today. Thing. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah exactly. One more thing, just exactly. not quite just this not now. Week. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being with us. Uh, it is your tech report. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address, contact at yourtechreport.com is our, our email. And of course, on social media, you can follow us at your tech report. Mitchell, let's take a little bit of a break here. We're going to pay some bills, uh -huh. let some commercials okay. slide in here, give people right. some time to get a beverage, maybe a coffee, sit back, relax. And we're going to dive in. Let's let's take our time. Let's pick apart Apple's, down. Apple's March event uh, that happened uh, earlier this week. Live, not live, I guess, pre-recorded live from Cupertino, yeah. California. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We'll be back in just a moment. There's more your tech report after this. Is your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mark Flalo in Montreal. Thank you guys for being here. Again, if you want to get in touch, it's contact at yourtechreport.com. Shoot in this email. Let us know what you want to, what are you talking about? What are you thinking about? Yeah. What are you going to buy? Mother's Day, Father's Day around the corner. I'm curious what the. Uh, oh, wow. I totally forgot about that. I know that's coming up. Uh, yeah, the snow is melting here. The snow has melted in Los Angeles for quite so many years now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm looking Since forward the ice to it. Yeah. Some cool stuff ahead. I'm actually planning stuff for the summer for the show. Um, I got delivered. I, I, you're going to be jealous. I'm sorry about this. Oh, here but we go. What'd you, what'd I got you in get touch that I'm with not uh, some new friends over at Polaris Pools who make Ooh. great pool cleaning robots, some great automation stuff. Oh, man. What'd cool you brands. get? Uh, I got one of the brand new uh, like internet-connected Wi-Fi-controlled pool cleaning robot. It's like, it's like sitting here. It's like it's, I'm in my house. I can't even do anything. And they're like, okay, let's get the interview. Let's talk about it. I'm like, I'd love to talk about it. I'm like, you might want to wait till I can use it. Because right now, if I throw it in the pool, I don't think it's going to function as expected in the snow. Like, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if it meets the specifications of minus who knows what it is under all that snow and ice. But we're going to oh, be talking God. about that all summer. Oh, Weber, God. the barbecue people. Yes. They've got a new smart grill. Oh, what, what are they? You're getting not all only, the good stuff. Not only are they jealous. sending us one of these, but we're going to yeah. be, uh, they're sending us over a master chef, a Weber master chef, who's going to join me in my backyard and show me how to use this thing. I'm kind of okay, trying to convince is... them to, to build it for me. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> At the you know, same time. listen, if you build it, they will come. So well, that's what I'm know. trying. So I'm going to build it. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm making you all jealous, but don't worry. You're going to get in a cool backpack. There's a backpack coming your way. I'm that's, very excited, but don't hey, don't laugh. I love a good backpack. Unless don't forget about that pet pet automatic pet feeder, which you could use another yes, one. Yes, 
That's really yeah. I need two of those because I can't have the two dogs yeah. fighting over one automatic. Have pet you used feeder. that for your kids? Have you tried that? Putting some snacks in for your kids, like some Fruit Loops, maybe. Yeah, but you have to take them off the wall in order to feed them. That's the only problem. The kids you're talking about. Your kids, <laughs> yes. Apple, Apple's big, big spring event. Child uh, services. Yes. Where, where do you want to start with this? I mean, they announced so many different things. Um, I mean, we can we can gloss over a couple things like the iPhone SE. Is one of these. Well, let's just talk quickly about the new yeah. iPhone SE because I have a couple of quick thoughts about that. And for people that don't know the iPhone SE, uh, that is a lower, that's their entry-level iPhone, the, the entry-level iPhone that Apple put in their lineup a few years back. Basically, it is a repurposed uh, iPhone 8. And what I mean by that is it has the fingerprint sensor. It does not have the full screen uh, that started with the iPhone 10. It still has the, you know, the chin and the forehead on it. So you're not getting a full screen device, but you are getting a very, you know, bang for your buck device in terms of, you know, what you pay for what you get. The nice thing is they tend to put the latest chip inside of it, even though it doesn't have yeah. the latest hardware everywhere else on the device. Uh, but, you know, in the latest iteration, I believe they put an A15, is it an A15 Bionic they put it in there? It is, just it's regular. the A15 Bionic. Um... So the same chip that's in the new 13 of yeah. course so you know they put that in there they put the new 12 megapixel camera uh i believe on the back so it has a single camera system again in the you know with the idea of keeping the cost down mark um you know it has really good glass the latest you know scratch resistant glass they put IP, on there ip67 rated bigger battery yes, life exactly yep 5g yep. So, support even though not yes. millimeter wave just the one the one band which is more compatible worldwide yeah, um, and and again, keeping the cost down in terms of what they put on the on the circuit board there. So, uh, so that's nice. The only thing that bothered me about it, and I, and I use the term "bothered me" very loosely here, um, is the price point. The one thing about the SE, it, it's all about keeping the cost down, getting an entry level iPhone. Yes, letting people get into the iPhone under four hundred dollars. Now, you may say, I think the new retail price in U.S. dollars is four twenty nine. Yep. Okay. Now again. $30 more than the previous generation. Most people think not a big deal, right? But emotionally, yeah, there's that, that barrier, that yeah. sub $400 number that people go, wow, an iPhone for 300 because that's what you hear when you hear 399 You don't hear 400 Your mind hears 300 and change. So you're saying that emotional entry point of 300 and something dollars is no longer there. And I know, you know, I'm an Apple stockholder. I know Apple stockholders all over the world are saying, yes, I understand. We want to get that extra money. I get it. It's good for the company. <laughs> but at what cost? Because you had that entry point where people felt it was accessible in the 300 range, Mark. Do you, am, I going, am I being silly about this? Or is that like something no, that it's, it's I that think it's that emotional pricing, that Apple. marketing yeah. that everybody does, which is, the, you know, 399 499 You know, it's that it's just perception versus reality, right? At Correct. the end of the day, 399 is still going to end up being... 450 you know with taxes and who knows of what course. else is yeah, going to yeah. be on there but I, I i agree with you although it still is the cheapest entry-level iphone so that's i think what their target was versus the numbers it was just keeping it as the lowest priced iphone that you can get that's like the lowest price porsche it's still a freaking porsche and it's going to cost you money there are there are phones all over there are premium phones that are coming out right now in the 300 at the 300 price point from competitors in korea and all over the world and they're good phones too these are not bad phones so i just think i think Apple could have made a lot more worldwide friends by keeping their price. I know what you're saying. You're right, Mark. I agree. And at the end of the day, it's only $30. But for me, I would have loved to have seen that that emotional barrier. We'll call it my emotional barriers. Still at the 400 And by the way, since we're talking about iPhones, let's not forget that the iPhone 13 uh, and 13 Pro uh, and Pro Max, of course, got new colors. Uh, they got two different shades of green. Mm. Um yeah, I believe I, I think I prefer the lighter, which I believe is called the Alpine Green, which looks more like a mint green that is in the Pro line. The regular uh, green that is in the traditional 13 line looks a little bit more like a forest green, something between a mint and a forest. Look at us talking different shades of green here. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that's that's let's let's get right past the iPhone news. You got the new SE, a little more expensive, but it's more updated on the inside, and two new colors for the 13 lineup. Let's go from there. Um, I want to gloss. I know they gloss, not really glossed over. I mean, they started the event. They always start the event with information and stuff like that. Um, they signed a deal with Major League Baseball to air two <laughs> games of the week on Friday nights, right? So yeah, this is interesting because obviously the the play with Apple TV is to get programming to get people to subscribe. I mean, there's no hiding that people want to generate the content. This is interesting to me, not in terms of just the offering, but in terms of the direction in which they're going. Now, there have been rumors and the speculation that Apple is working on a billion, multi-billion dollar deal with the NFL to bring the NFL rights. To take it away from DirecTV, basically. To take it away from DirecTV <clears throat> and bring it to Apple TV+, yeah, Plus, right. which would be 
insanely large. Seismic shifting in terms of the industry, basically. In terms of in terms of revenue, in terms of access to the games. I mean, it would just be absolutely insane. Now, I think it's really just going to come down to how much Apple is willing to spend at the end of the day. You know, I think the NFL will see the benefits across the line. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, Apple TV is more accessible than DirecTV is, really. I mean, if you think about it at the end of the day, let alone the fact that there's a worldwide audience that could potentially be tapped into that way. Uh, granted, there's a lot of rights and a lot of issues that come that way, but right. that would be, uh, you know, Apple isn't always looking to make money immediately on this kind of stuff. So it's not really about breaking even. They're just going to throw money at it, I think. It, it's another, listen. It's another global way. It's a global way of getting more people into the ecosystem, like so many other products, like Apple TV itself. Yeah. It's a way of getting people into the Apple ecosystem. You know, it's like come for the football games and stay for the new phone, the new computer, and the new iPad. And as, so it's 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 their, it's their gateway drug, basically. And as well as you said, this would be an incredible seismic shift in the way in which media and television is known. It'll it'll change the entire landscape of television. It'll change everything. It'll change everything. And, there's, and you say they glossed over it. Well, there's a very simple reason why they glossed over it, Mark. I'm not sure how tuned in you are to the uh, American baseball scene here. But there's right a now, there's right a now. lockout. So, yeah, I know. Uh, right now, a, another week's games have been canceled because the uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association uh, you know, and, and Major League Baseball have not come to an agreement on a new collective bargaining deal. So every every week that this gets postponed, that this gets pushed, another week, another week of baseball Baseball gets eliminated from this upcoming season. So I think it was kind of in Apple's best interest to gloss over it because I, right I, now I, I use the word well, gloss, look, we have baseball really. on We're we have baseball over. on Apple TV. <laughs> well, no, no, but I mean, you know, they didn't make a big deal about it during the event because it, they would have looked silly saying, hey, we're going to get two games a week, dot, dot, if there's a season at all. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they had to sort of go buy it quickly, but I thought it was a really cool thing. And what I'm hoping they can integrate all the visual bells and whistles, all the statistics, all the, you know, the, the key layovers over again game that you're watching while the guy's on base, how fast he's running, all the Amazon stats and things like that. So I think there are a lot of things that uh, baseball, you know, they could do with baseball that to bring it to the next level in terms of viewing. Uh, but yeah, it, it will be a huge event if they, you know, first of all, it's big they got baseball, even bigger if they manage to get NFL. Next, hockey. Okay, so let's talk oh, about yeah. let's talk about the iPad Air. So the iPad yeah. Air was the next product they brought on stage. <laughs> and, and, and the iPad Air is your traditional kind of 12-inch form factor iPad, right? So sorry, yeah. not 12 inch. It, it's 10.9 uh, inches, yeah. but it's 11 inches across diagonal. Beautiful right. screen. So now we have this new iPad Air that sits between an iPad Pro that previously had an M1 processor. Now the iPad Air has an M1 processor. Correct. And it sits between the iPad Education Edition, we'll call it. Okay, which is yeah. that traditional with a home button that they're still kind of putting out there at like the $300 price point. And then there's that Mac Mini, that iPad Mini that kind of sits there on the side as well. Um, that that's kind of there. So this new iPad Air, um, number one, it's actually thinner than the iPad Pro and the iPad and the iPad Mini. A little thinner. <laughs> it's got a new camera system. It's got that new mm. processor. It's got um, all the colors and flavors. Like, what are right. your, what are your overall thoughts on this one? Because it, it it I think it's preparing us for a shift on that whole line. Like I think we're expecting I think to so. see kind of a, a big shift there. Um, it only it, it can only make me think that hopeful that we're going to see an, a new announcement. I'm, I'm saying in this order for a reason. It makes me hopeful that there we're going to see a new announcement for the new iPad Pro sooner than later. Uh, because right now, and we we use terms like cannibalizing sales. You know, when when a company puts out a product that's really so close in features to a more expensive product that people stop buying the more expensive product because the less expensive product has acts exactly the same. Yeah. We've seen it with companies like Porsche and Tesla, very you know, high-end companies have put out lower-priced versions of their vehicles that rival the more expensive ones. And we're seeing this right now with Apple, Mark, where this iPad Air really, for all intents and purposes, is a pro light. And for the average pro iPad Pro user, what is it about? What are you going to buy the iPad Pro for? That's It's updated camera system? Well, so let's I mean, let's let's look at these side by side for a second, okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. So sure. we've got the iPad Pro twelve point nine inch, okay, which is uh, starts at a thousand dollars. A thousand. Well, no, no, no. Let, let's go with the smaller one because okay, that's more apples fine, to apples fine. with the, the one. The iPad Mini. Yeah. No, no, no. What oh, about the oh, iPad oh, yeah, Pro? Okay, sorry, Comes sorry, in two, sorry. two sizes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay, there's so, a smaller iPad Pro. Okay. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Seven ninety nine for the iPad Pro eleven inch. Okay. Right. Five ninety nine sure. for the new iPad Air. Okay. And four ninety nine for the iPad Mini. Right. 
So $100, well, $200 difference from the from the Pro. You've got right. an 11-inch diagonal screen on the Pro. You've got 10.9-inch. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. On the Air 5 yeah. and 8.3 on the Mini. Now, let's take the Mini out of the picture for a second here. Yeah, okay? the, because, like, let's let's do more apples to apple-ish okay. here. So yeah. M1 on both, okay? Up to 2 terabytes on the Pro, up to 256 gigs on the Air. Okay. In terms of internal storage. storage. Okay. So if storage is your thing, the Pro is the way to go yeah. so far. Gotcha. 12 megapixel wide, 10 megapixel ultra wide, and LiDAR on the iPad Pro. Let me stop you for a second. Who just the hell so uses we, that? We can, <laughs> no, wait, so wait, 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 so so let me ask you this. Just just to keep it more in the Apple, and I think we're talking about Apple product, Apple's to Apple's is funnier. Uh, let's So it's more Apple's to Apple's. Talk about the entry level of both so we can see the true difference in terms well, of like- this is the entry okay. level of both. The entry level No, is but it. you said up to two gigs of internal storage. So okay. what does the entry level version of the Pro have well, versus the entry- Well, that's not in front of me right now, so I can't okay, then, about forget, it. okay, forget about it. Forget that I asked you, you bring that. Bring it up, okay? Going. You have that yeah, page up. I'm doing the comparison. I'll pull that page up. You okay. go ahead. Yeah. So we've got the 12 megapixel wide camera on the Air, and we've got the dual camera with the LiDAR, which again, I bought- and I sold because I never use it. I'm right. using a, the what what's on my phone more than I'm using on my iPad. Okay, true depth system on the 12 megapixel iPad Pro. No true depth on the 12 megapixel iPad Air. Okay, okay. Here's Most the biggest one: care. Thunderbolt 4 on the iPad Pro, USB 4 with a USB C connector on the iPad Air, but a faster USB 4. So. You're not going to get USB Thunderbolt. three or it's USB three. That well, no, it's USB. They said USB four. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, USB-C so cut. faster okay. speeds, right? but not Thunderbolt speeds. So unless you're a photographer who needs to transfer video or photos that quickly to your iPad, I don't see like the benefit here. I really don't. Um, huh. 5G support across both. Apple Pencil 2. They both work with the Magic Keyboard. Okay, here's the entry level point. 128 is your lowest entry level Wi-Fi on the Pro. 64. Yeah, 64. Yeah, exactly. And a $250 okay. difference. Yeah. Okay, so, so for the average person, for the let's talk about for the average person. And one more thing, let me just, just yeah, sure, couple, sure. couple more sorry, highlights. Yeah, yeah. Better yeah. screen on the Pro, like a better True Tone uh, promotion is not available on the iPad Air. So small little, more software-y type of like, oh, this display has this, it isn't there on the iPad Air. I don't so, think promotion is on the on, on the smaller size Pro either. Is it? I thought it's only on the larger size Pro where they change the display. You're right. You're absolutely right. So we're, I mean, it's even oh, no, it's no, no, even more technology. stupid. It's your promotion huh? technology. It is. Yeah. It so is. what's the difference? Is it the LED? What did they put like an OLED or something? Or six hundred uh, nits versus five hundred nits. One's okay. one's one's I think. Uh, it doesn't even say. I mean, it's just it's because I know they upgraded the pro. The larger pro got upgraded last year, and the smaller pro did not in terms of the screen. You're right. They put a better screen on the pro last year. They did not put on the larger pro that so, they did not put on so the. So here's the thing: pro. unless you're yeah. storing terabytes. Worth of data on your iPad, which, come on, you can plug in an external drive at that point. What's the benefit of getting the iPad Pro besides those things, which really, unless you fit a really tiny, tiny, minute segment of the market, why would you spend that extra money? Here's what I would say. There's absolutely no reason to. Unless you use your iPad as your everyday laptop and space and features are premium because that is your everyday go-to device. And you need those features on your lap, which the average person does not need LiDAR, is not using their no. laptop for augmented reality or their iPad no, at all for augmented that. reality. Using, I mean, yeah. So until they, until they incentivize us properly to want or need that iPad Pro in the 11-inch form factor, they have basically killed their 11-inch iPad Pro for the time being. They Plan, have. Though. But th I think this is planned. I think there's there sure. are changes coming. And I think this is if we're going to be part of our discussion. We talk about the Mac after about similar things that are happening there because there are way too many similar similarities between items. And I guess it's maybe just I guess let's prepare the market by doing stuff really slowly. Let's let's this is kind of like when they transitioned to this Apple Silicon, right? They said, let's just do one computer or two computers with this slowly integrate it, show you what it can do. Okay, now we're ready to start showing you more computers. Oh, look what this can do. Until we forget about the other one that was even there. <laughs> there is there is one more thing that we're forgetting yes. that they could do. They could eliminate the 11-inch iPad Pro altogether and just have the Pro be the 12.9-inch. So you're getting the professional in terms of size and performance, which would really suck because I love the 11-inch form factor. 
and I do like having the upgraded screen, the upgraded this and that, and all the bells and whistles. For me, I do want the LiDAR. I do want those things because I know that Apple is bringing augmented reality into their ecosystem, and I do want that in my iPad since that is my travel laptop device of choice. Can I, can I tell you something, though, measurement-wise, sure. physically? Yeah. Other than 0.01 of an inch, they're identical hardware. Yes. Physically in your hand. So this, the physical footprint is 9.7 inches high, 7.02 inches wide, 0.24 inches uh, thick on the iPad Air. Oh, no, I know I know they're identical. So, so yeah. the fact that they put a 0.1 inch larger screen in the Pro, like it's like, it's why are you even doing this? Like, what's the point? No, I know that. That's what I'm saying. Unless yeah. you need that, you know, uh, nobody needs that. That's no. why I'm saying they could eliminate the 11 inch Pro altogether if they wanted to. They could easily say, look, that now our pro device, but that would be a little unusual only because Apple doesn't, you know, designate size as being their pro versus non-pro. That's why they have the Max and the non-Max. You know, they have the pro comes in two sizes. The iPhone 13 Pro is a pro and then a pro Max. So they do the same thing basically with the iPad Pro. They have the pro and then they have the pro Max, which is their 12.9 inch screen, right? But I'm saying if they wanted to, they could eliminate the 11 inch pro (laughs) and just go to that one. It would be a little on Apple, but it could happen. And I think the longer we see them not update the iPad Pro in the smaller form factor, the more of a chance that is because they know that 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 10.9 inch iPad Air will cannibalize that 11 inch iPad Pro yeah. in terms of sales. Absolutely. Are you buying an iPad? Am, am I buying an iPad? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to hold off and wait and if if they do come out with an 11 inch, a new 11 inch Pro is what I've been holding out for because I do want those extra features that the average person probably wouldn't care about. <laughs> and there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, the one person that Apple is catering to. Okay. Exactly. I want to talk Max. We've got lots more time. Stick around. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We'll be back in just a sec. There's more your tech report after this. This is your tech report. Well, I'm in the right place. Thank God. Uh, welcome to your tech report. <laughs> I am Mark Aflalo with Mitchell Whitfield. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're talking about Apple's event. What would they call this event? The uh, peak performance uh, event. Peak. Um, or, oh, I thought it was peak sneak performance peak, yeah. event. Uh, yeah. This past week over in uh, Cupertino. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, so we've touched. We've, we've crossed off our list, Mitchell. We've crossed off our list, Mitchell. If you ever yeah. wonder if we edit this show, this is the answer to that question, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, to make ourselves sound better, um, yeah, no, we've checked off the iPad uh, fifth generation, the iPad Air. Yeah, iPad we've Air. Checked off yeah. the iPhone SE. We've talked yeah. about major league baseball announcement and some. TV talked about stuff. new colors on the new, uh, new, new colors, colors on the, yeah, on the we iPhone. Talked yeah, on that. Um, la pièce de résistance, as they say en français, monsieur. So, um, the Mac Studio. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know what, Mark. Uh, before you go in, I, I don't want to say that I am the, the Nostradamus of Sirius XM, but if someone else said it, that's totally fine. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on this very show, yes, you asked me um, what I was hoping for, what we could maybe expect. Um, and again, this was before the only leaks that were that came out about the Mac Studio were the day before the yeah, event. Yeah, that was pretty impressive, by the way. That's like I don't know how they held that. So there was no leak whatsoever. So remember, when you hear this, this is from over two weeks ago, okay? Okay, so, so this is Mitchell. Let's, let's play uh, back. This uh, is yeah. your part of the conversation, but what you kind of prognosticated this Mac, this new Mac wow. to potentially be. Yeah, I, I, if they could boost it 32 or 64, if they could put more ports on the back, give us that M2 chip, either the Pro or just the advanced chip. I, I would be so happy because right now my Mac Mini does pretty much everything I want. But a Mac Mini Pro would probably come in around a little under $2,000. would be amazing. Okay. You, okay. And, and hang on, you went further yeah. because we started yeah. talking about form factor, but, but potential Mac Pro, and, the, and this is what you said. Okay. So imagine which a cube, when you think about it, is basically about five or six Mac Minis stacked on top of each other, okay? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of form factor. Imagine what you could put in there with hot swappable, almost like, um, instead of like stacking like you're talking about, which I love with like almost like magnetic connections that could just whoop, 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 add things to it. Imagine that you had a, a cube-like chassis 
that you could just slide the different components of your computer into when needed. Ooh. Okay. That, okay, okay. So okay. that You're didn't come through. But let's keep that clip for when they do announce the new Pro. <laughs> no, I think whenever keep, that I, is. Yeah. I think they'll keep yeah. the same form factor for the Mac Pro. <laughs> I think it's a pretty nice design because they want – listen, the, the fact of the matter is the Mac Pro, whatever it will be down the road, yeah. is going to be so high-end that it's going to be – Number one, unattainable money-wise. It's going to be so right. expensive. And it's going to be designed for really those pro workforce houses, animation studios, people who need to render things that are an hour long in five five minutes, you know? But, but let's oh, yeah. talk about this Mac Studio because you talked about the form factor and you were pretty much dead on in terms of two two Mac minis on top like of Like two and a half Mac minis stacked on top of each other, yeah. Now, if you didn't see any pictures, basically the front of this device has two uh, Thunderbolt four ports it has an sd slot this is meant to sit on your desk okay that's number one on the back of it you've got four more thunderbolt four ports 10 gigabit ethernet a power port so you, right right there everything's powered on on the device no weird right. brick or anything no mag safe which is weird uh two usb a ports so if you have any mm -hmm. legacy devices headphone jack and hdmi that's what did, it you, looks did like. you mention the card reader in the front with those I did, two uh with the sd okay, card reader in the front yeah yeah. Lots of place for cooling, lots of holes for airflow, and two, I guess, new or one new chip. Um, <laughs> well, I, let's I mean, hear it. Let, it comes start? in two different versions. It's yes. Okay, first of all, let, let, let's first talk about this new uh, silicon, as they say, as opposed to silicone with an E. This is silicon with, an, with no E. So um, this new chip. So yes. we have seen the, and it's funny because some of the some of the chip has not changed. That's what I think people don't realize. So the M1 has stayed pretty consistent, and the different variations really come from the GPU and and just extra cores on the main one that, and the CPU. So you have the M1, you have the M1 Pro, you have the M1 Max. Those are all iterations of the M1 processor. Okay, the M1 Max being the most powerful, and I believe it has more cores, ten cores uh, on the CPU side. And then I believe the Max had 24 cores on the GPU side, which up is ridiculous. Up to 32, ridiculous. though. You can configure up, up, to up to 32. Up to 32. Started with 24, but up to 32. So basically, the new chip, the Ultra, is if you took two of these really powerful M1 Max chips and soldered and fused them together into one chip. But the beauty of this technology, Mark, what makes this so special is the way they design these chips. The second you connect them to each other, they don't act independently like two chips that happen to be attached and sharing power. They act as a hive mind, almost like, like a beehive. They act as one mind. The second you connect them to each other, they become one incredibly powerful processor. So the, imagine if you, <laughs> I can't even imagine like putting four of these suckers together, which is probably what we're going to get with the Pro. But this thing is so powerful, it I don't want to say it poops all over the existing Mac Pro to the point where oh, yeah. people that spend fifty thousand uh, dollars are now looking at a machine that costs you know four thousand that just totally kills it. Yeah, yeah. And so, but they give you two options. So if you're talking about the studio, there's the one. Remember I talked about the sub two thousand price point. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. So that gets you the Mac Studio starting with the uh, with the M1 Max chip. Yeah, so okay. 10 core GPU, a CPU, 32 core. I mean, uh, sorry, let's go. Let's 24 go. Let me, core, let for down to 200, it. it can be 32 core. Yeah, let me let me actually build it together, guys. We're going to do this together yeah. on the air. So, yeah, the entry level is for 1999 US. We're talking about, right. um, where's the configuration here? Select, okay. So, and by the way, when you're talking about the, uh, the studio entry level 1999 version, those two ports on the front become USB-C. They only become uh, Thunderbolt 4 if you get the... Ultra version oh, I, starting I at four thousand. Yeah, know that. yeah, yeah. That, okay, because so that, then they put yeah. M1 Max with ten core CPU, twenty four core GPU, sixteen core neural engine, thirty two gigs of memory, five hundred. Starting with thirty two gigs, yes, yeah. Five hundred twelve gigs gigs of storage, two USB C on the front, uh, SD slot, and everything else. That on its own is an incredibly powerful machine. Yes, that on its own would probably still beat. A lot of the functionality of a you know of a Mac Pro three times its cost the, or or fought four times its cost yeah only things I would change on that in my opinion for my purposes would be storage mm -hmm. yeah because I think five hundred twelve gigs these days is not you know up to par I did two terabytes go ahead um yeah. and and I wouldn't even necessarily get more RAM I I wouldn't I didn't either because for me if I was doing more if my day to day consisted more of uh, video production uh, where I was doing extensive you know 
exporting, um, rendering, where the where I'd be using so much RAM, so much GPU, I, I would have done it. But 32 of unified memory, which can it can go toward graphics, it can go toward computing. A 32 is plenty for me. That's all I really wanted. And so I just spent, yeah, go ahead. One other option that I would do just because of the cost versus value is I'd spend the extra $200 and upgrade the chip from the 24-core GPU to, to the 32-core GPU. Which is also what I did. You you just built the exact computer that I ordered. And, you know, so I think mine came to $2799 with a two terabytes of internal storage, a computer that could kill most Mac Pros for, like I said, four times the cost to start. And Mark is shaking his head right now because he remembers what he spent on his Mac Pro. I leased and it. Okay, so, I, did, I leased it. Okay, I didn't spend it outright. It may have been twenty one thousand dollars, but it uh, was still <laughs> okay for twenty one thousand dollars. You you got a, you got a pretty good machine. But Mark, just for fun, let's now go to the M one Ultra <sighs> version of the studio that starts at thirty nine ninety nine. And of course, the main difference is you jump to a twenty core CPU and a forty eight core GPU processor. That's not enough. Let's that's upgrade. A, that's, that's to start, and it starts with 64 gigs of unified memory. When I say unified memory, by the way, that's not dedicated RAM. That's unified memory that's shared between the CPU and the GPU, which is actually great because depending on what you're using, you sometimes want that extra RAM going toward one over the other. So that's actually really a benefit. When people like, oh, it's not really RAM, but yeah, it's it's really good. So I'm adding 1000 bucks. I'm getting a 64-core GPU. Ha! And oh, you showed me. Yeah, yeah, I showed you. You doubled now, mine. Go for now, it. Hang on. I'm doubling yeah. the base memory. I'm adding more RAM. 800 bucks. 128 gigs of RAM. Now we do not know yet because no one's torn this apart. If anything is user upgradable in terms of RAM or hard drive, that's no, I one would of those say things. No. I would say no as well. I would However, say no. you never know. So let's go with 128 gigs of unified memory. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, now, especially if you think you can't. Add, you know, better to max out now then be disappointed later. So I get it, yeah. Now, base is one terabyte of storage, which is okay. Let's go two, that's 400. Let's go four, another 600. I think that's a sweet spot, yeah. Yeah, but let's add the eight four. just for fun. Now, I know we've always told people in the past on the show, especially don't go too crazy with internal storage because that can easily be added through USB-C, through different you know external Correct. drives, but Apple's memory tends to be incredibly fast. Apple's yeah. storage tends to be incredibly fast, and when it's unified on the chip... When it's built into the motherboard, the way that it communicates, it works really well. So I understand if you want to go more internal when it comes to Apple machines, because they tend to run very, very fast. So, so four terabytes is pretty good. Price tag. I can't add anything else other than software here, okay? Okay. $7,999. $7,999. For a machine, according to Apple, that is probably triple the power of your $21,000 machine that you're leasing Correct. in your defense from so, a couple of years ago. So when my lease is up, mm -hmm. if I even spend this amount of money, it's it's almost a third, a third of what I spent. And really the difference here at the end of the day, what has changed in this period of time? Apple has started designing their own chips. That's yeah. a change. Yeah. So that illustrates how much money it costs us as consumers let alone Apple as the, the manufacturer, to use Intel chips to buy that. Like, I mean, this costs a lot of money. And I think that, you know, I'm curious to what your take is on this. Do you think, like the power PC days, we will see a shift ever in our lifetime back to Intel? Because I think we're done. I think it's done. I think Apple has, has figured this out, and there's nowhere to go but up for them when it comes you, to the creation of this, unless there's some kind of breakthrough that I just don't even know about. Well, here's here's the only thing that, that could possibly, and here's the reason they still have some Intel in their lineup, although we haven't even seen. Have you gone on? Can, we, can you go on while I'm talking? Could you go on to the Apple website and see if they're still selling the Mac Mini with Intel? Oh, they are. I'm very curious. They okay, they are. The only thing that would change. Oh, with Intel. Uh, yes. No. They took it off the website. No, if I go buy. Because there used to be two versions of the Mac Mini, the M1, M1s. and they had a hot, that's that's all they have. Oh, they have sorry, no there's a Core i5 version. Okay, they do, they do. Okay, yeah. that's good. The reason that it's still in the lineup, folks, is not because they're trying to show Intel love. 
they're doing this because, well, they're doing it for a couple of reasons. Number one, some people are still old school and I get it. They're used to Intel and everything that they're, you know, familiar and comfortable with. The other thing is there are still certain programs that don't run natively on Apple, so on Apple hardware, on Apple, on Apple chips, okay? And that's why you have, what is it, Rosetta? Or yeah. is it Rosetta? That yeah. It's an emulating program that comes on every Mac that makes your software think it's running on an Intel processor when it's really running through software emulating an Intel processor. So a lot of the things that run super fast on your Mac are going to be running even faster when the software developers or the software makers make that transition to make sure all their you know software runs natively on an Apple processor. So the only thing that is even keeping Intel right now in the lineup is the legacy customer that still thinks, oh, Intel is what I'm used to, that's what I'm going to get, and the simple fact that certain software will not run natively on Apple chips. Once that transition where software developers finally give in and make an upgrade or update all their software to run natively, Apple will have absolutely no use for any anything Intel. I mean, which is, it, it's not a slam on Intel. It's if you could make something that runs faster and is cheaper to do and runs cooler, why wouldn't you? Especially a chip that's, that's flexible enough to have the same chip from a phone to a, to a tablet, to a computer. Because basically, these are all based on the iPhone, initial iPhone chips <laughs> and just beefed up versions. And now we're seeing, you know, the laptop chips are going in the desktops and being fused together to act like a super chip. And now that we know that once they're fused together, they act as one, imagine putting four of these together and giving it proper cooling. It could take over the world. But it's, uh, the, the, the roadmap is pretty, pretty exciting for what, uh, for what looms for Apple. You know, there's there's one more product that we have yet to talk about, and, and we're going to do that. But we're going to take a quick break. This is your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Hope you're uh, sticking around for the ride. Uh, let's come back in a moment, and let's talk about that studio display. There's more Your Tech Report after this. This is Your Tech Report. Yes, it is. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, Marco Flalo in Montreal. Thank you guys for being with us this week and each and every single week. If you want to follow along online, it is at Your Tech Report on all our social media. And of course, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. And don't forget to listen to this in podcast form on your own schedule or SXM On Demand. Mitchell Whitfield, yes. there was one more product that was announced. I always find these new displays from Apple to be very interesting because they're expensive. Always. They're packed with technology. Always. This particular studio display is a 27-inch monitor. 5K, retina 5K. display. It's got a built-in camera, built-in microphone. Built-in um, speakers. Built-in yeah. speakers. It expands your USB-C and your Thunderbolt capability. So with one cable plugged in, you get an extra three ports. It even has an A13 chip in there. To offload the sound and audio processing, it can do it on the on the monitor itself, so it's not doing that on your computer. And not only that, but you can plug this into an iPad, an iPad Pro oh. or the new iPad Air, and use that as well with oh, that device ridiculous. as a second display, which that's is awesome. which is pretty cool. And and listen, yeah. on the on the creator <clears throat> side of things, on the high end side of things, it's got a P3 wide color gamut. It's got a billion colors. It's got 600 nits of brightness, 14.7 million pixels. It's a beautiful monitor. Yes. Um, but it's an expensive piece of kit. We're talking about base model with a standard glass because there are two versions of the of the glass. One right. is standard, one is nano textured, which they call it's really a matte finish. Right. Which some people like because it gets rid of the glare. Uh fifteen ninety nine. And that's what the basic stand. It does come with a stand, folks. Some people thought it didn't. Yeah. If you had to pay extra. No, it does come with a stand. But the stand is a is a is a tilting stand. It's only. like the iMac. Just you can just right. You can it, tilt right? it for you know fore and aft. Right, exactly. If you want to be able to change the height of it and tilt it, that stand costs what an extra three hundred dollars. Um, that stand costs an extra three hundred dollars on the Canadian side. It's like almost five. Um, oh, but here's the interesting thing. You have the choice when you buy this to choose the stand, right? So for the $15.99, you can get the tilt adjustable stand or you can get the VESA mount adapter. Now, it's you can't a, get both. You can't get both. So why this has always bothered me. Like you're building a display and yes, you're you're factoring in all this fun stuff that goes along with it. The choice of where to put your screws on the back of this for mounting, that's a choice. There's no compatibility issues here. It's not a space consideration thing here. This isn't an ultra thin dis thin display that you, it's literally just moving four holes. Okay, so Apple made a conscious decision to charge you <laughs> to sell a piece of aluminum. To sell a piece of aluminum separately. Now, 
Right now, you cannot buy that separately. It's not available as a separate accessory. It will be right. like you it has been You have to order it with the vase amount. Yeah. You have, you to, have to either order, order it. it. You've got to decide ahead of time. Do you want to tilt? Do you want to tilt on height? Do you want the vest amount? Now, I guess they're looking at it and say, listen, people who want the vest amount already have some kind of stand they want to put it onto, right? So they already know they're going to want to do it, so they're just going to order it with the vest amount. That being said, on the previous models of the previous high-end monitors, Apple, the pro monitors they came out with, that stand wasn't even included. It was a thousand dollar edition. So right. let's say for the sake of argument, it's a smaller, it's a smaller stand, smaller monitor, lighter. Let's say the mon- the stand itself is five hundred dollars. The vest amount adapter is gonna be what, three ninety nine, two ninety nine? I'm hoping I'm hoping it's not more than two ninety nine. That would be ridiculous. Mitchell, you're 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 justifying two hundred and ninety nine. I'm not justifying. Hang on, I'm just two, you're, you're like, yes. I hope it's not more than this because that's way beyond my threshold. Three hundred dollars <laughs> on a piece of aluminum, okay? A piece of beautifully machined aluminum, okay? That just changes the location of holes. Dude, dude, you asked me what I thought, and and I'm pricing in my mind, like, I hope it's not going to be above this, dot, 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 based on what Apple has done in the past to take money from you. That's the big caveat there, in giant parentheses. But they've had so just, that's the only reason I'm saying like, 300. Almost, almost, you know, almost acceptable justification for taking it my money. It should come in the box. It should come in the box. It should be There's there. no excuse. Or it, it should, should be $49. Yeah, like, that's Maybe even, like... Cheaper, 20. I mean, how? I mean, come on. <laughs> if, I know. If, if there's Johnny a cost Ive, to make it. You know what? It's uh, Johnny Ives' fault. No, no. It's Johnny Ives' fault back when he was the lead design, design chief at Apple, because he called it aluminum. It sounded fancy, and they could charge whatever the hell they wanted for aluminum. Aluminum's cheaper. Johnny. You get, you get Johnny, Johnny. What about, Johnny what about we put the holes in a, in a vest compatible area? That is, so unsy- aluminium that is so unsymmetrical to me. I yes. don't think, you know what? Let's just build an adapter that they want to use it. I don't have to look at it anymore. <laughs> I think, Mark, we're officially off the rails. But you know what? Apple has, has totally messed with us in terms of pricing for so long. To their credit, and listen, they've done exactly what they wanted to do, Mark. They're geniuses because they've made like, oh, I hope it's not more than $300 or to be five times more than it should be. They've <laughs> made that acceptable because they've set the bar so low or so high, depending on how you look at it, mm. based you know, on our expectations. They've set that bar so long ago that we expect to get screwed out of extra money. And, and we go, yes, sir. Can I have another? Yeah. That's the problem. Just they have it. won. They've officially won. Would you, would you use this monitor? Would you buy this monitor? I would not. Um, okay. And I will tell you why. The second that Apple comes out with an ultra-wide, because I've now gotten hooked on just for our workflow, just because I'm used to doing the radio show in the home studio, I like having the widescreen display where I could have a recording software, I could have a, a web browser up, I could have you can Zoom buy two so I could see Huh? You could buy two Apple displays. Yeah, because I'd rather buy, you know, two, uh, you know, a, 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 what, a $3,200 display than one really nice LG for $799. That's what I want to do. No, I, that sounds ridiculous. But if they did have an ultra-wide that maybe only cost me $2,500, listen to me, I can't even say, give a straight face. If they came out with an ultra-wide, I might consider it depending on the price point and depending on the features because I do like the fact that Apple, you know, and the sound system and the microphones, they, they really have been nailing a lot of stuff lately. So I would probably go for an ultra-wide if it was a reasonable cost at a reasonable price point and uh, they would just of course have to make one i don't know that they ever would because it doesn't fit in with their design ethics so uh but that's why i can't be without i, I love ultra wide now i can't be without it i've got a 49 inch ultra wide here so i have nothing to <laughs> I, I mean am i, am I, am I right here could you go back zero to, to contribute to this could you go back to a 27 inch display ever now two for, for i work? could go back to two of them maybe um i don't you know i don't mind the line the separation between the monitors i don't mind that because i think that psychologically it helps work better helps you work better because really one, yeah okay. just because yeah, psychologically you can move things between screens and like okay this is where this i'm focusing on this and if i look here business in the front party in the back yeah, yeah it's kind of like, like the mullet thing going on yeah the, i like that okay good comparison <laughs> um yeah so i think i could probably do it side by side but uh, the one of the real reasons that i went to the ultra ultra wide here was because i was just running out of ports on my freaking computer 
So I'm like, I need to, if I get one monitor, it's at least one plug instead of two. Uh, and of course, then I decided to add another monitor behind me on the wall here. So I, I, I'm just a mess. Yeah, I am the not only, an example of a casual consumer. No, you're, here, okay? we, neither of us are great examples of the average consumer. We get that. But the only other problem is if you were going to put two of these displays together, like you're talking about, to have one ginormous, ultra wide, beautiful Apple monitor, the problem is you're also paying for two cameras. You're also paying well, for two processors. I was talking about You're this on, for... other, talking this on, on, on another show. Yes, there are other shows. Um, I was talking this <laughs> on another show, and we were saying, well, 3D. Now I mean, you can see me from this angle. Now you can see me from this angle. Now you can see me from this angle. How about this angle? Oh, that angle. Oh, this angle. Yeah, you now you know your very own cameraman, too. I think it's, you know, it's the redundancies in terms of what you're paying for. Uh, with two Apple monitors because they have so many things on board that have nothing to do with just the picture but have to do with the processing like we talked about. To have two processors, two cameras, 12 speakers, I mean, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. So, I mean, that's why if they did an ultra-wide, I'd probably be all in. Okay, so before we wrap, we've got about seven minutes to go here. Uh, here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you sure. two things. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is coming next? Because I think that if I were to look at Apple's kind of lineup here, and let, let's talk about the Mac. You know, let's let's start with the Mac. Um, this Mac Studio clearly fits between the Mac Mini and the Mac Pro. There's no argument there, right? It, that's where it sits right now. That leads me to believe that the Mac Pro really is going to be pushed to a whole new niche level of, of user. It's It's going to be really power user. Power, power, power use. I mean, they cannot. If the Max Max Studio is is nine ninety is a, a almost ten thousand dollars at nine thousand dollars US, then the Mac Pro is probably going to start somewhere around the seven thousand dollar range, six thousand. I think that's range, fair. Yeah, I and think go that's up fair. to the the thirty forty thousand dollar whatever it is. And yeah. I think it's it's going to be much more designed for the much high higher level animation studios, production houses. Anybody who gets it really is going to be getting it to flash the fact that they have it and they have the money yep. to spend on it. A little bit of a little bit of a flex, right? That being said, that seems to me like a little bit of a departure of what they when they brought back the Mac Pro in this version. They were trying to f make sure they were serving that audience. Now they're serving that audience with the Mac Pro that exists and the Mac Studio. So. Are they going to go back to this whole special niche and just forget about it for a while? Or how do they focus? How do they focus this lineup? How does it make sense cohesively? Well, I think in order to figure out how it makes sense, we sort of have to have to listen and sort of microanalyze the, the event that we just saw the other day. And what I mean by that is, if you looked at what they compared the Mac Studio to, of course, they said it was more powerful than the Mac Pro. They didn't. They don't want to lean too heavily on that because they're still selling the current Mac Pro, I believe. Oh yeah. Are they still? They oh, still yeah. are selling the Mac Pro. So again, cannibalizing sales. They didn't want to push too hard on that. If you look at most of the comparisons, talking about what it absolutely murdered in their lineup, they talked about the 27-inch iMac. They kept on mentioning the 27-inch iMac, which as of right now is not in their lineup. Nope. Okay. 27-inch iMac. So. What I'm what that says to me is this is Apple's way of saying here, this is what's going to replace that product for those of you still looking for that. And oh, by the way, look, we we sell a 27 inch monitor to go with it as well. Okay, so the 27 it makes me because I was always hoping they'd bring back the 27 inch iMac. I know a lot of people were hoping they'd bring back a 27 inch iMac, even if it was in the pro form. I do not think we're going to see the iMac Pro anymore. I think for all intents and purposes, this combination of the studio and their display will probably kill the 27-inch iMac for the long term. Do you agree with that? I agree. I think that okay. makes sense. Okay, so now let's look on the lower end. Let's look at the Mac Mini. We were hoping that we were going to get Mac Mini Pro. Well, guess what, folks? Now that we know that a new Mac Pro is coming and this studio does not, in fact, replace that, it is, in fact, the Mac Mini Pro. That's what the studio is. This is the Mac Mini Pro that you're going to get. So the M1 Mac Mini will eventually be the only Mac Mini in the product line. The next one up is going to be this Mac Studio machine starting at $19.99. So you'll still have this exactly what we wanted, Mark. You'll, you'll have that entry point of six or $700 to get that Mac Mini entry point. The next jump up is going to be $19.99 to get into the studio. 
Okay. And the next line at the next jump after that, after you go to the, the Mac studio ultra is going to be the Mac pro, which as you said, is going to be starting at maybe eight or $10,000. So those computers that will make up their lineup of desktops. And I think for anything else, you'll have the iMac 24 inch that will stay. I don't think we're going to see a 27 inch anytime soon, unless there's a big outcry. And then you can use that 27 inch display to connect to anything else you want. I think that's going to be their lineup basically. I think there's one more shift that they have to make um, before any kind of a future computer announcements, and I think they need to get their naming convention in line with their own silicone. I think yeah, they need to get. I think you're right. Like because the M1 was like this entry level. Let's let's introduce you to this mobile friendly, happy processor. Now we've got the Max and the Ultra. That there's a lot of confusion there. I think it's it's going to lead to a lot of confusion. I think what's going to have to happen is we're going to see an M2. We're going to see maybe an M2, and they'll call it the M2 Mobile. Then maybe we'll see an M2 Desktop and an M2 Pro or something like that, where it just kind of distinguishes itself a little bit more so that we understand a bit what it's meant for. Because right now there's a lot of variations that it still still lend to a little bit of confusion in my mind. And you know what? I think Apple would have changed the naming ethic of this particular chip, for the Ultra, except for the fact as soon as people got their hands on the M1 Ultra chip and looked at it and looked in the, at the sub, you know, and looked under the hood at what exactly it was made up of, they would have seen it's the same as the M1 Pro and M1, basically the M1 Max just doubled. So I don't think, I think they, they felt if they had changed the name to, you know, other than the M1 something, Ultra, the M1 Magnificence, the M1 Supreme, had they done anything other than that, people would have said, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't the next generation. This is the same as the M1 Max, but just fused together with another one. And let's go so back. They, they, let's remember for yeah. a second that in, in the MacBook lineup, the, the portable laptops, yes. we still got the M1 Pro and the M1 Max in those. So can Correct. we get the MX, M1 Ultra <laughs> in a laptop? Um, can you? Yes, probably. Will you? No. Uh, I, I think that's why they're waiting for the M2 because the, the problem with the M1 Ultra, and this isn't really a problem, you know, the thing that the thing that's so great about the M1 processors is that they're, you know, they're very easy on the energy. They don't heat up. They don't use a lot of wattage. The M1 Ultra does because it's two maxes fused together. It's going to generate a lot of heat. Yeah. It's going to suck up a lot of energy. So I think in order to mitigate the energy usage it's and two the heat dispersion. Exactly. <laughs> just like they do with the chips. Your two laptops, a 32-inch laptop. It's great. Mitchell. Uh, so they need to come up with an M2 for that, for the laptop use. Thank you, as always, for being here with me. Uh, thank you guys at home. Reach out, contact at yourtechreport.com on social media. It is at your tech report. Next week, we have to talk about that Obi-Wan trailer. Oh, my freaking Lord. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Go watch that right, watch it right now. now. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.